Spotlight. I'm your host, Michelle Prince, founder and CEO of Performance Publishing Group, making a difference one story at a time. We'll be shining the light on successful founders, entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders that are getting results and making a difference. We'll talk about how they built their businesses, are creating movements, and leveraging the power of authority in their own lives. Be sure to stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Let's get started. It's Michelle Prince, host of the Power of Authority Spotlight, where we connect with successful founders, entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders about how they built their businesses, their creating movements, and leveraging the power of authority in their own lives. I've had a lot of great guests so far, but the one, the, the, the guy we're going to be talking to today is probably one of my favorite. He's actually been on the podcast before. Um, but I have so much to tell you about, about Jim. But first, a message from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Performance Publishing Group. At Performance Publishing Group, we provide top quality, comprehensive book publishing services for soon-to-be authors. The Performance Publishing team has helped hundreds of people realize their dream of becoming an author. And as a partner publisher, we can offer you more than just expert guidance. We want to make sure you get the book of your dreams and reap the rewards. I do believe everyone has a story. Every story matters. And I love helping people to tell it through books. To learn more, go to performancepublishinggroup.com. Okay. I am, you know, I'm going to read a formal bio here, but (laughs) I feel like I've known, I have known Jim for, I think it's, we're going on about 12 years now, maybe more. Yeah. And um, just such a great guy, a great friend. And he's the founder and creator of the Dream Business Mastermind and Coaching Program. He's creator of the Dream Business Academy and host of Dream Business Radio, a weekly podcast based on Jim's unique brand of smart marketing and dream business building strategies. His other current business ventures include No Hassle Newsletters, Success Advantage Publishing, and How to Sell from the Stage Like a Pro. He's also the developer of Cashflow Conversation Code, as well as the acclaimed author of several books, all of which you, not maybe not all of which, but many of which are behind Mm -hmm. him on the video right now. Um, You know, after raising four kids and leading a practical, predictable life, Jim and Stephanie, who I've met before, did something crazy. They sold their Mm -hmm. home in suburban Philadelphia and lived for several years on uh, their yacht called the Floating Home. We'll have Jim Jim tell us more of that story. Um, But traveled all over up and down the East Coast while still building his legacy by teaching entrepreneurs and small business owners how to take an ordinary business and turn it into a dream business so they too can live their dream lifestyle. And I know Jim and Stephanie are on the next adventure and we'll hear more about that. But Jim, thank you so much for coming on the show. What an honor. I mean, I think this is number three, right? It, yeah, actually, we've done a lot through the years. I, yeah. Third time. I'm, I'm, it's my honor. I, I, the power of authority. Authority is responsible for most of the success that I've been blessed with. And um, so first of all, kudos to a great name for your show. <laughs> you know, it's one of the things I always teach people is if you, you can have a name that actually means something, like if you say it and they get it, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like um, olive branch cleaning or something like that, right? <laughs> it's like it, it's like naming a boat. It means something to you, but it doesn't project what it is, right? Right. Um, you know, my first business, Michelle, was Dynamic Communication. I thought, well, that's a cool name. It's really a boring corporate name because <laughs> it didn't say what I did. And then when I created No Hassle Newsletters, that gives you a pretty good idea, right? Yep. And then we just kept going from there. So I love the power of authority. I love what you're doing. You're Thank super you. talented. In the, and, and you're right. Everybody's got a book in them. How many people have a book in them? But then as the hourglass starts to wind down, like, 
they do nothing. Yeah, yeah, they do nothing. So well, and I've, I've learned a lot from you through the years. So you are definitely a master marketer guru. I've been to your conferences. Um, and you've so, spoken on my stage twice I, or three times, I think. I guess I, 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 two or three. We first met. Do you remember when we first met? Yeah, it was at, <laughs> um, it was at, I think the 50th or 75th anniversary of Think and Grow Rich in San Diego. I, yes. see, I believe San Diego. Yeah. And um, we were both speaking and we, and the host put our tables right next to each other and you set yours all up and then I knocked all your stuff on the ground. <laughs> yeah, because your books didn't arrive in time. So no, you were just my jealous, I FedEx think. did not come through in that case. So, <laughs> yeah, well, that was just, that was a great uh, beginning, but no, through the years we've stayed in touch. Um, and, and there, you know, so truly I love having and just having conversation with you, but I do, you know, again, I've learned so much from you. I, I watch what you do. I know people that have worked with you. I've seen, um, you know, your daughter just go crazy oh with Jessica. her business. Wow. Yes. When Jessica started, I was there at the conference, your conference, when she was just starting the idea of maybe a virtual assistant business. Mm -hmm. So you know how to help people start, launch and successfully run a business. So tell us more about what you do and how you help these business owners. Well, so when I created No Hassle Newsletters in 2007, and then I grew that to about 1,200 small business owners in like nine countries, which I had honestly, my ignorance, I had no clue there were nine English-speaking countries, <laughs> but we have clients all over the globe using our, our monthly newsletter templates and content. Um, I created No Hassle Social Media, Concierge Print Mail and Demand, Custom Article Generator, and Success Advantage Publishing. And and then when I was going to all these conferences where, where we were connecting and people were saying, how are you doing that on mul multiple times? Mm -hmm. And I remember the very first conference I went and heard Dan Kennedy speak, my greatest mentor to this day. He said, if somebody asks you that, you may have a coaching program. Now, you don't think of yourself as a coach. You probably didn't go to coach university. Yeah. But if you, can, if you can help people do what you do in their business, that's being a coach. That's right. So I started out and, you know, a little nervous at first, honestly, you know, um, what gives me the right to be a coach? And, you know, turns out if I just shared what I was doing in my business, one, but the flip side of the coin that I learned a few years in, and it's really a big part of my program today, is the mindset. Yes. So motivating, inspiring, kicking a little, you know what, to the curb occasionally. Some, sometimes my clients call it Jim's tough love. Because honestly, Michelle, with what I've been through from the unemployment to the cancer to, you know, six figures plus in debt and, you know, being afraid to give a speech, not I didn't want to write a book because I barely passed high school English, all my mm -hmm. <laughs> mantras. It's like I have kicked all my demons to the curb. And that's why I've been able to live this lifestyle for, you know, for quite a while. And so when somebody says, oh, I can't do that or I don't have the money for that, there's there's no way they can hide from me. And they kind of know that. So. I don't put myself out as a mindset coach, but it's such, you know this when you're working with your clients, right? It's such a big piece is to help them over those, who I call them, you know, mental speed bumps so they can yeah. keep going and then benefit from the power of authority that a book would give them or podcasts or, or all these other programs. And I think probably the reason, you know, you do it and I, I can relate in so many ways and, and, you know, I help people with that too, but it's only because that's what held me back. Right. I, mean, I, I wanted to do what I'm doing today, but there was a period of time where I'm like, yeah, but who, who am I to be an author? Who am I to be a speaker or a coach? And so when you hear somebody who's like on the other end of it now, you're like, oh, no, 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 trust me, trust me, you can do this. If I can do this, 
you can yeah. do this. <laughs> you know, the imposter syndrome, I have I, I, come to know the imposter syndrome is there pretty much from the beginning to six figures. My largest client was doing like $34 million a year and he had imposter syndrome in certain areas of the business. And it's like, when people feel like uh, I'm gonna be found out, like this success is gonna be is gonna go away, they're gonna find out I'm really not as good as I think I am or mm -hmm. as my marketing says I am. And so when people have that, I just help them understand where the imposter syndrome is rooted, which is usually in, in fear of being criticized or things like that. And um, well, Here maybe it'd be helpful if I give you, a little, do you want me to give you a little tip on? Yeah. Please. So one of the ways that I help my clients is I say, listen, you you make a decision because you can't stop the criticism from kind of coming over the transom, so to speak. But you make a decision that instead of being judged or feeling judged by the criticism, you choose to be judged on the value of the content, the value of the marketing, how mm -hmm. you're serving other people in and get this and not the imperfect way in which you deliver it, because. Mm -hmm everybody's there's nobody perfect like one person right. that perfect person that walked the earth not here anymore right <laughs> well, right not, yeah it's not, anyway. not in physical form <laughs> yeah not physical but so what i'm saying is and i knew this so the first book i wrote i've written seven books now just say yes is not in here but um my first book was 18 months michelle it honestly took me about almost a year to write but another you know almost a quarter three quarters of a year just to get the courage to print it because mm -hmm. when I wrote that book, there was no print on demand like there is now. I had to yes. order like 3,000 books. Oh my gosh. I mean, back in the day, there, there, yeah. there wasn't print on demand. Like you could write a book today and if Amazon sells one, they print it and ship it out. Right, That didn't right. exist. So I had to pony up like, I forget how much, but 3,000 books, right? So, but my last, I'd say three books or maybe four books written and published in 60 days. Now, I know there's a comma missing somewhere, and, and something else might have might be slightly amiss based on, you know, 100 percent grammatically correct language. But I know that information in there is so rock solid. I choose to get it out there and let that information help people. That's how I want to be remembered and judged and not the fact that I'm not a professional writer. Right. So when you make that leap and you separate the two, again, you can't stop the criticism come, from coming in. But you go, yeah, that's really not important to me. Did my information help you? Well, right. yes, it did. That's absolutely right. And, and you know, uh, because most people sit around and, and they, you know, what is that? Uh, oh, what's it called? Perfectionism, or you're just kind of yes. like paralysis by analysis. And uh, I once heard when I was just starting my business and writing my first book that you don't have to get it right to get it going. Just get it out there. You can always do a second edition. You can always go back and fix a typo. But um, to your point, though, if, if you know what you have to that's what when when I help with people work with people too, I'll say like, you know, and they'll kind of him and ha and I'm like, look, do you believe that what you have to share with someone can help them personally or professionally? And always they say yes. Well, then why would you hold? Why yeah. would you keep that to yourself? Mm -hmm. um, there's something uh, I, I actually I, I can't take credit for it. I first heard it from Tom Ziegler and then he says he doesn't know who he heard it from. But, <laughs> we um, all hear stuff from we, so many people. Right. We're just repassing it on. But I love it. It's the perfect concept of that. It's called the sin of the desert. And the sin of the desert is, you know, you're in the desert and you're with a group of people and literally everyone is dying, dying of thirst, dying of dehydration. And you go around the corner and you find the water, but yeah. you don't tell anyone. Oh, that would be the sin of the desert, right? We right. would never do that. Who would ever do that? But the reality is, is if you know how to start a business, if you know how to overcome whatever, if you know how to write a book or 
And if you know these things and somebody else is looking for that information, why mm -hmm. wouldn't you get it to? Why them? wouldn't you do it? Yeah. You don't have to be on a pedestal in order to become, you know, somebody who can make an impact with your, your content. So um, yeah, you and I think a lot of life that way. And trust me, I go back. I mean, I'm a, you are too. I'm a publisher. I go back and I read my first and second books and I'm like, yeah, oh it's like, gosh. holy crap. <laughs> oh, this is so bad. This is so bad, but yeah. Hey, I did it. And, and so how many people have thought about writing a book and just don't? Well, I've, I've learned that for a certain amount of money and it's not an inexpensive sum, but I can hire a very good editor to take my thoughts, my ideas, my strategies, and as I like to say, make it sound like I passed English in high school. <laughs> make she makes me sound smart. Yes. Right. Yes. Just by correcting, you know, the, the gaps that I would put. You know, you mentioned perfectionism. One of my favorite sayings is perfect. I, I don't know if I created, I don't think so. Perfectionism is a label you wear so it doesn't have to be your fault, right? Meaning that I'm not going to launch that until it's perfect because then it will be my responsibility. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of like, um, yeah, that's, that's pushing the responsibility. Kind of like if it fails, I'm not going to launch it if it's not perfect because if that's it right. fails, then that's a reflection of me. But, you know, have I, if I waited to get it perfect, which nothing is ever perfect. You know, a, a mutual friend of ours, Mike Capuzzi, mentioned copy doodles. Mm -hmm. He was saying he, just a few weeks ago, we were together and he's, I was saying something. He goes, he's known me an awful long time. I think we met back in 2007 or so. And um, he's like, you're, you're, you have grown to be much more vocal or not in your face, but just say whatever. And mm -hmm. I said, you know, it's interesting you say that a couple of other people have mentioned something similar. And I said, I call it the grandfather syndrome. So I'm a grandfather <laughs> times four. Yeah. But I remember when I was growing up, you know, there'd be my parents or aunts and uncles and my grandfather, who is oddly enough, probably around the age I am now, would just say anything. <laughs> and I figured maybe he's just old. And he doesn't care. Maybe yeah. people respect. I didn't know what it was, but I kind of think of it as and and. So that's a little bit of, you know, levity, I guess. But the real thing is when you live long enough and you help enough people and you get to try different things and see what works, you, you can be a little more vocal. Yeah. I'm much less afraid of what somebody might say than I was 10 years ago. Right. It's well, not important to me. Do you think, and I hope you don't mind me bringing this up, but do you think part of what you went through has something to do with that too? Because you you had, you know, yeah. cancer scare and all of that, that, that you realize life is short. And it's like, why, why wait? Why? I mean, you wrote your book, Decide, and it's all about that, right? Like, That's don't right. stop wasting or stop waiting, decide. All of your books yeah. kind of so have I was that 41 thing. years old when the surgeon told me my chance of being alive in five years might be 50-50 if what they found to be true. It wasn't. So, and I'm still here. So I'm obviously, thank you, but. And you're um, 43 now, right? Or yeah, 43. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but the point is at 41, I didn't think, am I middle-aged? Am I approaching middle-aged? How much longer do I have? I was just like rocking and rolling in my career mm -hmm. and things like that. And, but now that from that moment on that literally the first thought that like, I say as a bolt of lightning in my head was my girls were 13 at the time. I might not see them graduate high school. And it shook me to my core. Stephanie was there. She took over the questions and stuff. And we, we got through the appointment. But from that moment on, I'm like, I'm not putting it off. It's kind of why we, I mean, we sold our house. We sold our first boat. We sold one of our two cars. Then we sold the other one. We lived on a boat. Like, in other words, we took away our safety net. And we launched on a 50-foot boat that I've never driven before. And our first trip wasn't a mile down the river to the cove. We went from 
the Chesapeake Bay to New England in the Atlantic freaking ocean, for heaven's sakes. <laughs> and I'm like, what are we doing? And, and part of that is we didn't want to wait. We want to live life now. And it's not always going to be safe. And I will tell you, our financial planner didn't think it was a wise idea buying a boat like that. That's not exactly a good investment, you know, <laughs> when you're 59, right? Um, but, but there's you no know, guarantee, right? There's no guarantee that you would be, who knows where we're going to be tomorrow. But so it really set us up. life now. You know, interestingly, um, we were on the boat, two of us living in just, I mean, it's a good sized boat, but it's still small house living. And there's just the two of us. And then COVID hit. So it didn't really change our life other than we couldn't be out mm -hmm. restaurants or we didn't see other people. We were just living our life. But, it, you know, one of the things we realized, and this was really important to us, was Steph's dad, who's who we're so blessed. He's 94. He's still kicking. But, you know, he's, he's definitely kind of doing the long glide path. But but we said, um for a while there with the COVID, they locked everything down. And he's and he's like, I don't want to live the last year or two of my life alone. I'd rather live. And, you know, when my time comes, know that I've lived instead of not living, hoping, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. not to go down that whole road, but we made a decision that we were going to figure out how can we, how can I still work? How can we travel? How mm -hmm. can we afford the whole thing and, and have, the, have our big adventure? And Stephanie, one of our videos, you know, we, we did a YouTube channel, Our Floating Home. And one of the things she said on camera just sort of came out and it became our mantra is from practical and predictable to adventurous and exciting. We chose to live with less so we can experience more. Oh. And I, I believe we did more living in the last five years. We did 12,458 miles up and down the coast, stopping in every small town, meeting people. I mean, it's been an amazing adventure, Michelle. So anyway, we're, um, I don't think we're off track, but it really no, has we to do, are a perfect place. It really has to do with living and taking a chance and, and, and having no regrets. Yeah. It's the biggest thing I did. I don't want to get to the end of my life whenever that would be and, and know that I sh there's, you know, regret something I didn't do. Yeah. I remember when you guys decided, because it wasn't long, I think after the conference, the last conference that I went to, and I remember thinking well, first of all, I thought, what, what are y'all doing? But then I was really inspired because that just seems so like, I don't know if I could do that. I mean, but, yeah. but, but, but you also, and no, I hope you don't take this wrong way. You also didn't seem like that person. Cause you were very like, you know, predictable. We like you said, like yeah. you, you, we had the insurances, we yeah. raised four kids. We had the safe house, two cars. I took care of everything. We yep. did everything by the book that you normally do. Yeah. And this was like, way outside the box. In fact, when we told friends and neighbors and stuff there, there was no gray area. They just thought that's so cool or that is completely nuts, right? It was <laughs> one or the other. Well, two things come to mind when you said something that Stephanie said. One, the experience, what was it? Uh, we, we chose to live with less, less so we can experience, experience more. more. Okay, that's a title for your book or something. That's, you've got to do a book on that. Yeah, my dad experience. thinks we ought to write about the last five years. Just you put absolutely, it all down. you <laughs> absolutely do. Because it just inspires people that like, you know what, what are we doing? And I, I, I do think past COVID people, or even during COVID people were starting to be like, wait, what are we working so hard for? Right. COVID? You know? Yeah. And I, we found that through our YouTube channel. People were following us. And I don't want to sound weird, but so many people were living vicariously through you, or I can't yeah. wait to do that, or I want to try that, but, or, you know, spouse doesn't or whatever. But the thing is, the people, we have groups of viewers, I think, who are either wanting to do it 
would like to do it but can't do it but they're because so, we shared the good the bad and the ugly you know yeah. we've dragged anchor we almost we thought we were on fire we've been in an ocean when i thought we were going to tip over i mean we've had some yeah. holy crap scary moments <laughs> and um and so we share all that on, on our videos and i think we do feel like we've inspired people Mm -hmm. to take that chance and so that's why a lot of people because you know as you and i are doing this i'm obviously not in the boat yeah after five years um we thought we need to take a break for mm -hmm. one we really wanted to spend some time with our kids and grandkids there's three of our four kids live in this area jessica from you know that we know from interview mm -hmm. connections is in rhode island and then steph's dad is still here so yeah. um so we're back here and besides that, I mean, you know, as if somebody's watching this replay and it's years so now, this the price of diesel doubled, right? Yeah, perfect and, time uh, to sell your boat, I think. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, my my boat gets—I don't know about your car. My boat gets one mile to the gallon, and when I fill up, it's like three to four hundred gallons, and it went from three dollars to six dollars. So, no, that got that got to be a little tough. I said, you know what? Maybe we ought to just. Maybe let's it's take time. a pause. I really think we're we are both so drawn to water. One, we love being an adventurer, an adventurous mm -hmm. lifestyle. Steph goes wandering, wandering fills me up. Being a wanderer yeah. fills me up. And so we're just looking at a temporary pause, yep. a little bit of a reset, see the family, and then we're 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 we we won't be in this house in two years. I don't know about a year, but at some point we're going to go do something yeah. else you're going to start i think you're going to rv or something maybe <laughs> we're, see, we're completely the, open the land this time <laughs> what is your what's the greatest lesson you learned over the last five years from that experience to just say yes which was the that's why i named my last book just mm -hmm. say yes um interesting as as we're doing the interview but uh if I just, I wrote a long blog post and sometimes I'll share a blog post right on Facebook. So you can either see it on my blog mm -hmm. or, or on Facebook, but it was about just saying yes. Mm -hmm. And um, what happens, it's, and the reason I wrote the book is when, after I wrote Decide, I thought, nah, that's enough. I wrote six, I've written, I wrote six books. <laughs> see, there's my grammar. I'd have to have my editor yeah, fix editor. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I didn't want to write, but then about six months or a year into this, I thought how, how, much our lifestyle was relating to being an entrepreneur because mm -hmm. we're putting ourselves out there in a big way taking risks learning things the learning you know all the different things so i wrote just say yes and the reason i it's just say yes is when you make a decision to do something big start a business grow a business start a second business uh, do whatever it is that's real big and outside the box there's two sides of your brain i believe and this will be the uneducated psychologist jim speaking <laughs> did not go to coach university but the two sides of your brain as i see it is there's the romantic side which loves the idea we're gonna have we're gonna live in a boat we're gonna watch the sunsets the sunrises we're gonna see dolphins we're gonna have fresh fish oh it's gonna be great the other side of your brain i call the what if dream killer side says yeah but what if this now michelle when we i'm a big fan of going public with my goals every time i wrote a book said here's my next book Here's when it's going to be published because and then, you know, through social media, people that would follow me kind of held me accountable and I didn't want to let them down. So I got it done. Well, when I said, hey, we're selling our house and we're going to live on a boat, that was public now. And so for that summer of 2016, as we prepared our house for sale, I'm like, holy crap, there's no going back. We're selling our house. I've got to buy the boat. And the what ifs were like, what if I run a ground? what if i run out of fuel in the middle of the ocean what if i can't dock the boat and everybody in the marina is laughing at me and what if what if what if what if what if and i'm like i started almost trembling inside but i didn't want to 
I didn't actually want to share that with Stephanie because, and we've come to find out she had what ifs too, but neither of us wanted to spook the other one. Mm -hmm. And I read this book and I, I actually wrote the guy and told him that my book was inspired by your book. So there you go. His name was uh, Chris DeCroce. He's an author, a singer, songwriter, speaker, et cetera. He lived on a sailboat, lived this great adventurous lifestyle. And he goes, lots of people think about living on a sailboat and, you know, romantically the sunrise, sunset, all this and that. Most people don't pull the trigger because of they're afraid of what could happen. And here's the line that God said, okay, that's me, that's me. And then he said, he goes, but what if you do say yes, and every day you wake up to a new challenge, a new problem, something that needs to be, had to be fixed, repaired, or patched, and you come to find out you really are, pardon my language, he goes, what if you really are a badass boat captain and you've lived the adventure of a lifetime because you said yes? And that was the turning point. Then it was full guns ahead. I've run aground. I've run out of fuel in the ocean. I have taken three times to get in my slip and people around. They didn't really laugh because everybody struggles. I've done almost every one of the things I was worried about, and I'm still here. And you're still here. Somehow you made it And through. I'm still here. And so that, I think the biggest lesson is you, you have to say yes and figure it out. Because mm -hmm. I promise you, when you get to the end, as they say, I don't want you to have regret taste right. like crap is my expression. Yeah. I think what you, and you don't even necessarily know it right now, but this is your legacy because I, I, I know I'm inspired by it, but that's, and it's kind of a central theme. I mean, even though you've always helped business owners and you've had your dream biz coaching and all of those things, at the end of the day, it's not just to build a business, it's to have the freedom to have the life that you want, that's you know, right. and, and to, to the things that matter. Um, you and I, we've talked, I mean, family values, all those things, that's why we do what we do. So I, I really think that we've not only inspired people we don't know, uh, but we've inspired our children not. And my thing is, it's so funny because a week when we moved in, I was miserable. Oh, God, I love my boat, <laughs> but I love the lifestyle. Yeah. And I'm sitting on land. I'm in this backyard. Now, luckily, the people are renting the house from they cut the grass, so I don't have to do that. <laughs> but um, I said, I am not cut out for a rocking chair. And I think I posted that on Facebook and I said, uh oh. I'm sitting in this chair as I just shared this. I showed a picture of the rocking chair out back. <laughs> but we're not cut out for rocking chairs. We're not going to go into the sunset just calmly and smoothly. We are going to, because the other thing, not to go down this rabbit hole, but one of the things I worry about, because we're, we're, we're in very good health, not wood, of course, we work at it, but I'm always worried a little bit about dementia. Uh -huh. Like that's the curse. You, you know, either I don't want to have it, but I don't want to be the burden to someone I love. Right. So, right. And one of the things we learned, we've been learning about dementia is the more active your brain is, the less likely, I think, or it's a contributing yeah. factor that you won't get. It. So when we're on the boat, I'm constantly fixing something, working something, planning our routes for three days. I'm, I'm doing all this different thing, working my clients, then doing yeah. this and doing that. We were so active, both mentally and physically. And so we don't want to sit in a rocking chair and get decrepit. <laughs> no, I agree. And that's, I, mean, I think that's all of us, right? I'm the same, I'm the same way. And um, well, I'm excited for you too. I mean, truly it's, yeah, you're on land for a little bit. It's a season. It's not, you know, not a forever, yeah. but, um, but, but this is your reset replan, you know, um, we'll see what's next. We'll see what's in control of everything, including the schedule. So we'll, we'll just see what, what, what's in store as, as the days progress. Amen. Well, let's talk about dream biz coaching because yep. this is something that I know you you love. 
I have to say you're, you are such a good coach. You love that part of your business. I can just I, tell I love it. you love that one. -on -one. I mean, no hassle newsletters, not what still runs on autopilot, the printing company, success advantage, Pub, but I love being a coach. And one of the reasons, and I've helped so many people start or grow coaching businesses. And one of the things I say to them is there's going to be a point if you're good and you're really connected and you, you're, you have a, a, you know, you have a mentality to serve others and a desire to do so. There's going to be a point when what you do is more important than the paycheck. Mm -hmm. And so if you've helped doctors double the size of their practice or you've helped somebody like get to six figures or take a six-figure business to half a million or in my daughter's case you know boom but right. when you do that and realize the impact you're having on other people oh my god michelle that just lights me up so much yeah. i mean the pay's not bad it afforded me this lifestyle but the difference like you say use the word legacy the, the legacy that you're creating and mm -hmm. and doing and having that means more to me than anything yeah, because they're so you're helping them to make an impact and then they're then they're making an impact. It's kind of like this ripple effect in a way, you know? Yeah, I know you'll appreciate this, but um, one of the guys that was in my Bible study years ago before we moved on the boat, he was always like, well, I think you're you're um, I'd look at my business like a like a mission or blah, blah, blah. In other words, what he's trying to say is I'm not profit driven. Right. And I said, you know what I figured out because I was I've been involved with a number of nonprofits and mm -hmm. low income you know what I learned? The best way to help low-income people is not be one of them. <laughs> so I choose to grow a very, very successful business, which gives not me not only the freedom financially to live the life I want, but to give yeah. the life to others and to then live my life in a time freedom. So yes. if I do want to dedicate a, a, a Saturday a month to, to repair in homes or do whatever, I can do that because I'm not, you know, working the 80 hours. So success and success gives you a lot of freedom and and um so anyway that was kind of my point with that gentleman. you know and and i i so agree and I, I i'm pretty sure this is what zig said um that the more money you make the more people you help right it's, yeah it, and, and and looking at him and i you know i i saw how he made a huge impact in people's lives and his heart was for god is for people and and yet he made a lot of money so but it was like again the more resources you have the more opportunity you have you know to bless others. Yes. So, so never be a, you know, it's okay. It's okay it to be okay. successful. You can do a lot of things. Yeah. You can fix a lot of things and you can do a lot of things with money. And people, some people are like, oh, uh, money's evil. No, money's not evil. I, I think if, if, if you're a stingy person, money will amplify how stingy you are. Yes. And if you're a generous person, money will amplify how generous you are. So I think it's more in here. It's not the money doing it to you. It's what's yeah. in your heart. Perfectly said. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we're running out of time here, but okay. So for an entrepreneur, business owner, um, somebody maybe who's already there, they've already started, they have the concept, mm -hmm. they're moving forward. What's the, what, what advice would you give them? Like if they were like somebody who maybe joined your dream biz coaching, which by the way is dreambizcoaching.com. Check it that yep. out. Um, where do you tell people to start and what advice would you give the listeners? You have to know the who, like who is your customer? So okay. before you go like the Tasmanian devil doing social media podcasts. I'm going to do videos. I'm going to write a book on you got to know who is your customer mm -hmm. because you don't want to be attracting the wrong type of customer. You only want to be attracting the right. So great marketing on all the various platforms that you need to do has to do two things, has to attract the right customer and repel the others, the others. you're not meant to serve. Right. Yes. So that's probably the most important thing is figuring out who your customer is. 
Then the second thing is realize that you can make infinitely more money for who you are than what you do, which means it's not about the deliverable. So if you're a CPA and all you do is compare yourself to other CPAs, but if you're a CPA with the, with the name brand of, let's say I'm the entrepreneur's CPA, mm -hmm. not a great brand, but you know what I mean? <laughs> you want, you want, wow, Jim, you're really good. <laughs> you want to stand for something. Like when, yeah. in my early years, I was the newsletter guru. Mm -hmm. Michelle, I never went to professional design school. I'm a half-assed writer at best, but I knew how to hire editors and I could create newsletters that work. So I learned how to anoint yourself as that expert from Dan. Yes. And that's what helped that business. Then when I, I'm going to be Jim Palmer, small business coach. No, dream business coach, dream business, live a dream lifestyle, dream business radio, mm -hmm. dream business academy, dream business coaching. Everything is themed on dream business. So people now introduce me because of the bio and just years of doing it. Jim Palmer's the dream business coach. Yeah. So you want to have a brand that resonates with the people that you're meant to do business with. That, mm. but I could go on, but those are probably the first two. No, that's so good. So good. And you do, you have a great mind for um, marketing and, and titling things and programs and stuff like that. And, I, and I've seen you I do don't know that how to create. It's so weird clients. because people tell me that I'm like, well, that's just part of my coaching. Somebody once said, you should be able to bottle that because you have a conversation. Somebody will say something and go, okay, that's your book title. And yeah. you know, but here's your tagline. So go off with it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to do that. Yeah, I know. Well, you are awesome. And I'm so, thank you so much for coming on and sharing. It's my and pleasure as always. I think you're awesome. I love what you're doing. Um, maybe one of these years I'll, I'll get down to one of your uh, book seminar camps down you on the beach. You have to. Well, <laughs> I'm not only on the beach doing, anymore. Well, <laughs> yeah. So with Bookbound, I went from doing it four times a year. One of them was in Florida to two times a year, still one in Florida. And then post-COVID, I'm only doing them in Dallas right now. But I'll get back to Florida. I'm probably going to do a retreat. Yeah, it's a lot something. of work. Some people, it when is. are you going to do another Dream Business Academy? Honestly, I think I could, but all the amount of work it is to put it, it on, is. to market it, to fill it, to, to guarantee rooms and mm -hmm. food and budget. It's just so much work. I'm like kind of like my lifestyle right now. Yes, so right. maybe I'll it, just keep doing this. It's the whole point of like, why do you do what you do? If you already have the lifestyle that you're working so hard to get, why work so hard? Now, <laughs> yeah. Michelle, see, you just said something that I don't want to go, just don't let it go by. That is a nugget. When you suddenly, not even suddenly, when you finally do build a lifestyle that you want, maybe it's you started five years ago, 10 years ago, and, and you're there, a lot of people get addicted to the chase and the adrenaline and they keep going. Yes. A good friend oh. of mine, this is back before I even bought my first boat. I, he goes, Jim, let me ask you something. Are you just going to talk about owning a boat forever? Is that a real dream or, or is that's just, is it going to happen? Because you're so much farther ahead than you told me you needed to be before you bought your boat. So are you going to do it or are you going to just keep talking about it? And uh, it was so like in my face. Wow. Yes. And, and I said, you're right. And if we've got time for 30 seconds, one more yes. little bite. So when Stephanie and I took off the first year to go to Florida and we're, and we, so I set up my schedule. So I work with my clients Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So I don't mm -hmm. work Friday, Monday, and obviously the weekend. So we pull into this um, bay down in Maryland on a Monday and, or Sunday and Monday, we weren't moving because of the, I, probably because of the weather. And I put my dinghy in a little inflatable boat with a motor that's on the back of my boat. I put that in the water and we dinghied over to a restaurant and we had a nice meal on the water. It was for mm -hmm. lunch. We're dinging back and Steph looks at me and goes, what's the matter with you? I said, honest to God, I feel so guilty. It's Monday. Most people are working. We just had a seaside lunch. We're dinging back to our yacht. Who the <laughs> hell do we think we are? <laughs>
<laughs> and she goes, you got to take your own advice. You worked hard to do this. Now you need to enjoy it. So everybody's a work in progress. But, yeah. you know, if you build the life that you want, my, what I would say, and you said that, my follow would be, and then have the courage to live it. Mm. What a team we are. Hey, you just convicted me because when you said that about your boat, I've been talking about living in Florida at the beach for years. I mean, my whole office is decorated like the beach. And yep. <laughs> you're right. And somebody said that, in fact, it was my son. I was in um, Florida a week ago and my oldest son flew down and he was like, mom, why, just do it. Just do it. And I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> and you can come up with, but you're right. Just like, just, just do it. Yeah. No regrets. No regrets. Oh, well, thank you, Jim, so much. I, Thanks, we, Michelle. I know we could keep talking for hours, but we're going to wrap yeah, it up. People are like, hey, I'm sitting in my car. I need to go in the house. Would you yeah. end this interview already? <laughs> All right, everybody. Go to dreambizcoaching.com. Uh, definitely check out my friend Jim Palmer. And thank you guys all for listening. We'll see you next time on the Power of Authority Spotlight. Thanks so much for listening to the Power of Authority Spotlight. If you are a successful founder, entrepreneur, business owner, or leader that's getting results and making a difference, and you'd like to be on this program, please visit performancepublishinggroup.com forward slash podcast to apply. That's performancepublishinggroup.com forward slash podcast. Also, if you got something out of this interview, please share this episode. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag, the power of authority spotlight. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content, so make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our websites, performancepublishinggroup.com or michelleprince.com. And follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.